You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we will be chatting with local native Travis with Smoky Oakies Cannabis Grow here in Spencer, Oklahoma. They're a family-owned and operated cannabis cultivation facility. They have a variety of strains to choose from with a fresh rotating menu weekly. Smoky Oakies is also what we have reviewed a few times on Cannelines marketing. Wow. Canline marketing strain alert series. And we have really enjoyed their flowers so much. It's been such a vibe every single time we've smoked and has been just such so pleasing. So everyone, please welcome Travis to the Cannabis Hangout. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for being here and just taking time out of your day to come chat with us and record with us. Let's just dive on in. Tell us where your journey with cannabis first began, Travis. Oh, you know... I've been smoking weed since I was like 13, 14. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so back then in the late 90s, in like 1998, you know, uh, I w- grew up in the suburbs of Kansas City. And um, at the time, I was born in Oklahoma. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we moved around a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, just it was a junior high thing. And so, and um, back then it was not, we didn't have access to the kind of good weed we have now. Mm-hmm. So we had what was to what would I would call now swag or whatever, but just, yeah. you, you know, just the brick weed that got imported in here. And then, you know, around that time though, there we would hear about things called kyme bud or kind bud. We okay, heard, we heard that from someone we who interviewed before. I don't remember who it was, but they said that, and kind we were like, bud, what? "Yeah, we haven't heard so that." So is that, is that, that a new phrase to you? It was as yes. of recently. You were yeah. the second person I've mm-hmm. ever heard say that. So yeah. if you grew up in, if you were, if you were, you know, in junior high or high school, if you grew up in the nineties and you're smoking weed, mm-hmm. kind bud is what people would refer to as what you're smoking right now. Like okay. high end high weed end. that has that it's. What's, what strain is this? Platinum silk. Oh yeah, that's Sorry, right. You I told just me cut that. You off. Smoky Oki's platinum silk. Right now, we're gonna pass around. But it's noticeably different, regardless of strain. It's noticeably different than you know what, what you know what I'm talking about. That brick, yes, dirty swag, outdoor grown right. weed that's grown by a cartel or whatever, yes. and then it's compacted and vacuum sucked and then shipped yes. to here, and right. then it yes. makes its way from one drug dealer to the next, to the next, to the next, down to the high school drug dealer, and yeah. he's, you know, dealing out dime bags of it. Yeah. And um, that's just, like, what everyone smoked, and then you would hear about, oh, so-and-so's older brother has some kind bud. Kind bud. <laughs> you know? And then the only strain I ever heard of, so I, I heard the words kind bud, and then I heard northern lights. Okay. Okay. And I didn't know that was a strain. We didn't know Mm -hmm. what strains were, but Mm -hmm. we would just, we thought those were representative of like high end weed. Mm -hmm. And so, like Kind Bud or Northern Lights, that would be high end weed. Just like the term that was a key word used. That's cool. It was like four times as expensive, and it would come through town only every once in a while, and only the person with a really good connect would Mm. end up getting some. So, like, what's like really high end price? Like, what would you pay for Kind Bud? Mm. Talk to me about that. And then, like, in comparison to like Schwag. So in junior high, where we were, you know, 
an ounce would be like 80 bucks. A quarter would be like $25. Oh, wow. That's okay. cheap. Yeah, that is. You know, so 25 yeah. bucks is a quarter. If you got four of them, that, that's an ounce. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we could get ounces. So what we would do is we would get ounces for 80. You go sell three quarters. And now I, got, I bought a quarter for five bucks. So yeah. that's how Amazing. me and my friends yep. got You made money. That's, that, that's how I did it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how I, yeah. And then like an ounce of like kind butt or something would be, that would be like $100 a quarter. Yeah. So 25, yeah. you know, so it'd be like four times the, the cost. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like the, obviously the, what's it called? The economy was different back then. So like we say cheap, but like that probably was not cheap or you know, could have been cheap. I don't know. That weed hasn't really, prices, I'm not in the, haven't been in the black market for several years now. Yeah. So I don't know. But like, I always noticed that like they didn't really change. It seemed like over like a 15, 20 year period. So like then in college in the early 2000s, like 2002 time period, um, 2003 to 2005, that's when the kind bud was more mm-hmm. frequently seen. Part of that is being in college, hanging out with yeah. bougier people right. mm-hmm. who, who <laughs> yeah. have access to the bougier dealers. Yes. But I just noticed that it was this really rare thing mm-hmm. in the night. Part of that's age and access, but yeah. part of it is I was kind of seeing the change of it became, and then out of college in the mid 2000s and whatnot, like you, it just became more free. It was a regular option. Before it was not an option, it was just something you you nabbed it if it came through. Yeah. yeah. But then like through grad school and after that, it became like, now I don't even need to go for the other stuff. Mm-hmm. This is always accessible through these dealers. Yeah. And then, and so as now I piece this together, I look back, well, what that was, was that was legalization in 97 in Cali. Mm-hmm. So now you had all these people, um, all these growers in Cali now are growing weed Shipping it out, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they've got their medical market covered now. So that's hitting the regular routes in the Midwest. Yeah, right, right. And then as that just grows by the mid-2000s, it's just hitting more of the Midwest. And then as the Colorado, yep. the, as like the whole West Coast, mm-hmm. those medical markets start to take off. Like, So that's all. It it's coming from everywhere. Coming, yeah. 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 I remember I used to pay $200 an ounce, $100 a half ounce, very wow. consistently good quality. Shout out to I mean, Devin. I would say that was good <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Travis, there are many ways to uh, to use cannabis from flour to dabs, edibles, tinctures, and everything in between. Tell us what your preferred method of consumption is, and do you have a daily routine that you like to follow? You know, I like to uh, I like to smoke flour, and I like to smoke flour out of a bong. Hey, oh, bong rip. Speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had a bong right now on the I, table. I love smoking flour like I am now, but... It's like my bong's my baby at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I very rarely smoke joints. How yeah. big is your bong yeah. at home? I hate blunts. Same. You hate blunts? I, I hate blunts. Man, I, I hate love blunts. The idea. Oh, I hate, I love even blunts. back in the day, I didn't like it. Really? And so I have lots of friends and cousins, and I'm around people all the time. But it's it's sort of a joke. But yeah, I'm not a big blunt, blunt person. Just, is it because you know the tobacco? Wasn't it? And or is it like the taste or like the high it gives you or what it's is it? It's because I've got this great weed. I understand. Yeah. I'm going to take a fucking gas station cigar <laughs> and put this shit yeah. in it. I'm like, what are you doing? That's yeah. like another perspective. I get it's it. It's like taking yeah, really good it. scotch and then like mixing it with Sprite. It's yeah. like, this is not Jack Daniels. Like, I you get don't need it. to do that. Like, it's exact analogy. It's like, dude, this uh, is like single malt scotch. Uh, like, just put an ice cube in it. If it's if you like this stuff, you mm-hmm. like it. You don't mm-hmm. want anything coming in. 
Well, damn. Getting in the way of it. I'm going to think about that the next time I smoke a blunt. I'm going to be really ashamed of myself. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, do you want some sort of cheap gas station grape flavor no, coming right. through? Right. You know, this oh, platinum know. silk. Yeah. I want to taste this platinum yeah, silk. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think sometimes it just adds flavor. But yeah. it's, it, I get what you're saying. Yeah, totally. I get what you're saying. So that goes back. There was an era where maybe that was necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, with that. Junior and some people ID. kind of like the little twisted-ish feeling. Yeah. You kind of got a little bit of the bud. Yep. Yeah, I don't really like splits. A little bit of that. So do you have a routine that you like to follow, or is it just... Like, are you smoking throughout your day, or is it like you do it in the morning, you do it before you go to bed? Yeah, I mean... Um, throughout the day? Usually in the late afternoon, definitely in the evening, and then I get up really early. So I'll sometimes smoke um, before, I, before I train, before I lift in my garage. Okay, what well, time do you get up? I get up at like 5. Okay. okay. How do you feel like cannabis helps your since you are you do work out? I'm sure a lot of people listening probably do too. How do you feel like it affects you in your workout, in the mindset that you get into in your fitness life? Well, the thing about uh cannabis is it's fun to uh it's fun to indulge and then zone in on some sort of task or activity and just go deep in that experience, mm-hmm. right? Oh so, yeah. So yeah. whether it's playing music or whatever it is, and so um Working like, out like that. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if like uh, if you really want my opinion on it, so I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll smoke weed and train every day, whatever. But if I, like, if I'm saying, like, what, like, optimal experience that I was going to recommend, okay, like, stuff where it's, like, kettlebells, where it's, like, on the minute every, like, if you're going to do one thing for 10 to 20 minutes, like, mm-hmm. hit a timer, excellent. That's yeah. Yeah. great for that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I'm going to hit the timer. I'm going to do 10 minutes. 100 swings on the minute every minute till that mm-hmm. timer goes off. Things like that. And then um, anything that's like lightweight, high rep, I think that is optimal. I like to train like low rep, heavy, five sets of five type stuff. Mm-hmm. But okay. uh, I, I just like training. Yeah. When uh, you say training, are you training for something or are you like working out like for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I always use like using the word training because okay, I always yeah. have like uh, seasonal goals and things. Okay, okay so cool. it is toward like progressive, yeah. progressively okay. building to something. That was my uh-huh. curious question. Yeah. <laughs> Just for yourself, though, not yeah. like for correct, like an yeah. event or something. Correct. That's cool. Yeah. I like that self discipline, and it starts your morning off yeah. lovely. Whenever yeah. you well, so to me, the key with keeping a, a routine in anything is. So you got all these like big long-term goals, mm-hmm. but you have to break them into like, okay, well the, the next three months, this is what realistically can happen in that area of my life. Whether it's like mm-hmm. this business or this project or that art project yeah. or like your podcast, like you're like, okay, this, I'm going to do a whole bunch of writing like this month because mm-hmm. next month I'll be working this and that's going to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. So training is kind of like that. Like there's seat, there's like, quotations seasons there's yeah. seasons where i'm like okay i'll go hard focus on this and there's other times where it's like okay this will be on maintenance yeah yeah and you kind of know it needs to be fed when it needs to be nourished yeah, yeah. put that on maintenance because i'm going balls out on this other thing over here yeah yeah no i can i can relate to yeah. that so uh, what would you say like what point did cannabis come become more than just like smoking it and you saw the medicinal benefit inside of this plant you know um that that's really subjective, really individual. You know, for me, I just think that cannabis has excellent therapeutic value. Uh-huh. Sure and does. Mm-hmm. The tr- truthfully, for me, cannabis is a luxury. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to it's, me, it's a privilege. So, well, and when the way I use the word luxury, mm-hmm. I use it in the sense of like 
this uh, coffee right here is a luxury. Mm-hmm. All right. And this specific coffee, because it tastes really good. It's like a dark roast. I really enjoy it. That yeah. is like a little mini luxury that mm-hmm. you sprinkle into your life. Yeah. So like we all have these luxuries. It's not necessarily referring to cost, mm-hmm. how expensive something is, but like working out is a luxury. Um, Drinking the coffee that you want to specifically drink is a luxury as opposed to, like, not drinking it at all mm-hmm. or getting this 89 cent at a gas station or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, And so, sure. to me, cannabis is, to me, cannabis is, like, coffee, wine, cigars. Yeah. It's yeah. a luxury okay. that you get to enjoy when you want to enjoy it. It's, right, it's part, like, you can weave it into your life. Say, yes. I'm going mm-hmm. to enjoy this luxurious experience. Yes. And you can make it a part of your life and you can do it with friends or by yourself, but it's, that's what it is to me is it's like, it's a luxury. I'm working hard every day. You want to have something mm-hmm. like, whether it's your me time or yes. whatever, you want to mm-hmm. be able to reward yourself and have these little luxuries. Oh, I'm going to have my little morning routine with my special coffee. I'm going to have this other mm-hmm. time with my cannabis, right? Yeah. yeah. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. No, I like that perspective. Yeah, and like it's like a ritual to you. Like it's sacred time for... That you take for yourself. Yeah. I know that's important to me. So tell us what strain you're currently jamming on and why. <laughs> um, let's see here. Okay. So I took, I'm smoking some hindsight. Hindsight. Wow. It's a new strain for us. It's from this company, 2020 Mendocino. So they, they're the breeder. They're the same people who make the hot mess. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've tried it that we grow. I've heard of it and I've smelt it and it smells wonderful, yes. So, um, but it's more of my liking than hot mess because I'm not a big fan of hot mess. Hot mess is good weed, but it's like in that sour citrus high limonene category. Mm-hmm. And it's like in that sativa experience. Um, and that just is super subjective, all that sort of stuff regarding experience. I just like to throw that out there. But um the hindsight is more, you know, hybrid and just, I like the, I like the look of it and I like the smell and the aroma. So I'll, let me say a few things about looks. Because <laughs> Tell us, Travis, what do you have to say? <laughs> when I evaluate cannabis, I throw the aesthetics in with it. Now, the aesthetics may have nothing to contribute to flavor, aroma, experience, but it's still part of the experience of picking it out, grinding it, rolling it, shopping it, whatever, yeah. right? So, um, and because to me, cannabis is like one of these little luxuries I get to sprinkle into my life. Mm-hmm. I like to smoke weed that looks pretty. Yeah. You it's know? good weed. It's good quality weed. So that's part of my preference in my cannabis, whatever, shopping experience, yeah. habits, mm-hmm. whatever. I like pretty weed. And then I like weed that is, um, it's like the terp or the aroma flavor profiles that I like. Mm-hmm. I like a couple different ones. I like the, uh, you know, sherbet cookies sort of 
uh, orange creamsicle. Yeah. Kind of like these gelato. I like the orange yeah. creamsicle flavors. And then I like stuff that's that's kind of earthy, spicy. Um, how Like the hindsight would be yeah. kind of that. Kind of opposites. Kind of, kind of. And then I like the, what I call, and again, I'm not great at describing these things, but I like what I call the cookie dough flavors. Okay. And to me, that's like, also the sherbet cookies has it, but the, all the runts have it. Apple tarts. All, and to mm-hmm. me, it's like, I don't know how to really describe it, but like anytime I smell or cookie smoke dough. apple tarts, mm-hmm. it's like cookie dough. I love apple tarts. And so, yeah, it's, it's so it, it smells more like of a, something being baked. Something is that like what that. it is? Yeah, it's yeah. Like some kind yeah. of baked uh, yeah. dough. Or I know what you mean. Or, yeah. yeah, those yeah. are the those are the those are the profiles I like. The profiles yeah. I hate. I'm not into citrus, and so um, I'm not into. Um, I mean, that's the real one that I'm just not into. And like, we used to grow this really good pineapple express, super frosty. Had this wonderful, kind of, for me, hard to describe because I'm not great at articulating flavors and things. You kind of are. You're describing a lot. Really? Yeah, <laughs> you are, yeah. Here's the thing is, like, describing cannabis is, like, everyone's own unique yes. experience. So your way of describing it is making sense yeah. because, like, I mean, even the strain you let me smi- smile smile, yeah. <laughs> smell a second ago, I said it smelled like papaya. And, yeah. like, you guys thought it smelled like gas. You know, so everyone's... Yeah nodes are so different for what they smell and like their experience yeah well let me back up papaya i could agree with because papaya is not a sweet tasting fruit and you had initially said fruit i did you were thinking papaya Mm -hmm. but i just heard fruit and i thought well this is not sweet or this is not papaya is what i was thinking papaya is kind of like a peppery spicy yeah it's more mild Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Yeah. but back to the flavor profile i would just say that um i love like the what what we what I call the cookie dough or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. the apple tarts the runts to me the, the runts have it and um, but the pineapple express I was talking about we used to grow this really good fino of pineapple express it was super frosty super pretty had this excellent nose piney pineapple express nose but I remember taking a jar of it home like over Christmas Christmas break <laughs> still call it that yeah <laughs> Christmas break it, it always be yeah, Christmas a few, break it's yeah, like it's, a couple years ago and um, <laughs> something's never changed just like so burned out after smoking that that mimosa with its amazing orange tangerine mm-hmm. uh, smell love it burned out on it mm-hmm. so it's like those those like some of those citrus fruit flavors mm-hmm. like they're, the novelty of it wears off very quickly for me. So, like, I like the yeah. novelty of it. I, we could be passing around. This is great. Don't ever want to smoke it again. Like, it's not – whereas mm-hmm. the apple tarts, I'll come back yeah. to it. Your body, you're not just, yeah. like, drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's to like the novelty of it. It's like, oh, that's a great flavor. That yeah. really is super tangerine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Not something I want every day. Totally. Mm-hmm. The apple tarts and, like, the hindsight and mm-hmm. those ones, I'm like, can be year-round all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Have that warm, fuzzy, baked yeah. feeling. <laughs> so, okay, your company was founded in 2018, right as State Question 788 passed here in Oklahoma. Had you been waiting on this to happen to be able to do what you're doing right now and, and like what you had in mind with the grow, or were you pretty surprised like about this bill passing in our state? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, we were surprised and expecting it. So, um, so like at so I'm an attorney and at the time that's all I was doing and um so basically how it happened was my my cousin Ellie she had she was like you know apparently hyper zoned into it and I was aware that it was on the ballot and I was like in the more so 
I've watched it kind of try to be on the ballot for several times. Mm-hmm. And it had, and so I'm busy doing my own thing, right. not super paying attention. And then this time it's like, oh, no, it's actually on the ballot this time. Oh, no, it's building momentum. Like, this thing's going to pass. Mm-hmm. Around that same time, um, I hear that my cousin Ellie is wanting to start a grow. And I'm like, you know, however it happened, we just hooked up and um, – I found my way into that conversation. It was just like, I'm totally in Mm -hmm. like totally. And then we just got together and with, uh, you know, some other family members and we just sort of pitched this thing back and forth and we're talking about it. And then like when it passed, since we had already been talking about it for like a month, Mm -hmm. we just hit the ground running. Nice. Mm -hmm. And at that time I had, um, my third child was born like three days after Oh, wow. was passed. Okay. She was born June 30th. Wow. And so um, the day my wife got back from the hospital, she was, you know, just had gotten home with our newborn. And I was like, oh, you know, because she had been at the hospital. And I, I've got two other kids. I've got mm-hmm. four kids now. But at the time, I had two other boys. And so I was with the boys for like three days while she was at the hospital. Mm-hmm. She comes home. And it's like, oh, honey, you know, um, you're going to hate what I'm about to say, Ugh. but I'm about to make like a suicide trip to Colorado with Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And we're going to go check some things out. Do, have, we got some meetings. Yeah. And, um, and it's just like, before she could even object, it was like, honk, honk. And she's like, oh, you mean like right now? <laughs> oh my like, gosh. Ellie's like, oh. <laughs> and you're like, I love you so much. Please don't leave me. I oh got to go. God. I'll see you in a little bit. And then we came, we went to Colorado. We came back like 48 hours later or 36 hours later. I mean, it was there driving through the night, meeting with some people, doing this and that, driving back. And then it, we just took off scouting locations, blah, blah, blah. The rest is history. We spent wow. the rest of that year we're working with trying to get the zoning, everything approved. Mm-hmm. And then we started planting like April 2019. Had our first harvest like August 2019. It was terrible. Really? Quality, <laughs> terrible weed. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, look, we are not here. We're not self-proclaimed experts. Or, yeah. It's trial and error. Uh-huh. We, are, we are fans of the plants. Yes. yes. Right. So You're it, learning and teaching yourself everything. Yeah. And we were yeah. like, man, how cool would it be to do this? And then when le- when Oklahoma legalized it and it became this reality, like, mm-hmm. we can, anybody can have wants a business. To, yeah. Anybody who wants to jump in can jump in. We were like, well, we'll jump in. Mm-hmm. And so 2019 was a rough year for all of us. I mean, every failure that you can encounter as a grow, we encountered. Mm. And it was, it was just nightmare. Wow. It was a nightmare. I mean, well, I feel like you guys after, I feel like most growers or people we interview like that have something like that to say, Mm -hmm. like it was a nightmare getting this up and running or like we didn't know anything or there's some people who popped in with experience, you know, who were from here, but they were living in Oregon or Colorado at the time. So when they came back here, they were like, I have a method and I know what Mm -hmm. to do. But then you get people like you, who I think is really cool from like the ground up to like, Mm not know anything and like teach yourself you're having to read books you're having to look stuff up mm-hmm. and because like for me that's a that, that's a lot I can't say I have interest in being that patient to like do something like that yeah. like I have mm-hmm. a crazy admiration for people who have done that and continue to do that but it, I just I don't I don't know I'll have a desire yeah. but you know what and then in early 2020 things started to get better mm-hmm. yeah and then by summer 2020 Things are a lot better. And then 2020 ended up being like, I mean, the second half through it. So that whole year all around was great for us. But like 
we figured things out better mm-hmm. and uh, we fit, you know, I mean, people have come and gone in our company. Mm-hmm. That's natural. Yeah. yeah that but it's, it's gone, you know, it's, it's just built and built and built and the foundation has gotten stronger, stronger, That's stronger. Awesome. So now I'm so proud of everyone that works there. I've mm-hmm. got the best managers, the best operations team. And like, I'm just so proud of it. And it's just, it's actually become like it, there was a point where we were like, is this ever going to work? Yeah. Is this mm-hmm. ever, like, in, yeah, it was questionable. In yeah, the middle like, of 2019, yeah. I mean, in the, even the most positive people, like the people that like me and Ellie, the ones at the, uh, that really driving the thing mm-hmm. are like, we're, we're, I mean, there were, there were nights when we were there to like one in the morning, putting out some fire figuratively or literally. And, um, like saw like some sort of crisis. There was a crisis all the time. And it was, because we didn't know what we were doing and we're learning on the job. And, and, yeah. and in the back of our mind, there's a part where I was like, is this ever going to like work? And yeah. Mm-hmm. It slowly did. And we just mm-hmm. kept at it. And now it's, now we're cranking out really good weed that we are really proud of. Mm-hmm. We have this awesome team. You guys worked hard for that, yeah. man. Like mm-hmm. that is freaking cool. Yeah. You know? And I feel Literally. like it, you so confidently saying that you're so proud of your team. Like that's cool to hear because I feel like it takes, when you're proud of your team, that means your team is proud of what they're doing. And like, that just kind of feeds in. It's just like good energy, I feel like, throughout and it's universal. And that I feel like that makes a huge difference in how a company runs and how much you thrive and the communication, the team building, all of that goes into your company and your baby and how much, how well it does. And so it's cool to hear you say that, that Thank you're you. so proud of your team. Yeah. Shout out to the Smokey Yogi's crew. Well, <laughs> you definitely have to have a team. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing. Heck yeah. yeah. You know? And yeah. then as you as it grows, everyone starts to find their skill set, mm-hmm. and then people start to go off into different uh, like departments. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, kind right, of like yeah. departments now. Yeah, that are grow. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so I know for Brandon and I, we often undercredit ourselves and the work we do because we just you know get in the zone and you just kind of grind and you don't really look up to see what's happening. Uh-huh. But encouraging messages we receive always keep us going and keep our cup filled. Have you had a moment like that running into a patient and hearing how your flower has healed them or impacted them or changed their life? <clears throat> Man, that's so like funny that you say that. Just yeah, two days ago, we got an email from someone just saying, hey, your flower in particular, it just works for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he essentially said, like, I've tried a whole bunch of that just churn me off and yours really does. And he just had a lot of really nice things to say. And uh, I forwarded that to Ellie and That's we both. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool to get stuff like that. But I've, we've gotten some messages like that. And um, oh, yeah, those are those are great. Those are the best. Yeah. Yeah. They, they remember those. your why of like what you're doing why, and why you started. Yeah. And it's cool it, to hear people appreciate it without like, because I mean, getting in your zone and just doing your day to day, like you don't really stop to realize sometimes what you what you're actually doing for the community and the impact you're having on so many people throughout our wonderful state. Like we have hundreds of thousands of people in our state. You know, and I'm actually even more removed from it, from that, because I don't, that's like another level below me, the Mm -hmm. customer, the people I deal with and who I think of as my customers Mm -hmm. and the people I'm trying to please are the dispensary owners and Mm -hmm. the processors. And so those are really who I think of as like when they say something, a compliment, oh, but Mm -hmm. yeah, going down the chain to the real, the real person who like Mm -hmm. we're doing this for, which is the customer, the the patient. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Cause we're even... We're more removed from that because we're not. Yeah, you're seeing it day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to always because that patient like literally went out of his way to tell you that you were healing him. And I think that's so beautiful. That's so cool. Yeah, it's very intentional. Yeah. Yeah.
Let's take a second to talk about the newest addition to Noble Nectar's product line, Sub. It's the Drizzle Solventless Rosin line that we are so excited about. So with solventless rosin, this concentrate is created using a solventless technique, meaning they use just ice and water. And really, it's my go-to type of concentrate. I totally agree. And we have definitely been exploring the world of dabs and their consistencies. And this year, Noble Nectar, they created four different versions of their special holiday kits. A quick rundown includes the Flawless Concentrates Live Resin Kit with strains like Cherry Diesel Diamonds and Grease Monkey Plasma. The Cartridge Live Resin Kit with strains like White Cherry Wedding Cake and Peanut Butter Sunrise. Along with the new Drizzle Solventless Concentrate Kit with strains like Lava Cake Rosin and my favorite Papaya Melons to name a few. And lastly, the Cartridge Combo Kit which includes Live Resin and Live Rosin options that you can choose from. They even include their famous Noble Nectar batteries that are the quality ones that Brandon and I have loved. We love them so much, and you will be able to purchase these kits at an Oklahoma dispensary near you, so be sure to follow Noble Nectar Extracts on Instagram for more info. Now, let's get back to the episode. So what would you say, something that's been surprising to you as a business owner and um, just being here in the Oklahoma cannabis industry? What's just surprising about kind of like the oaky industry? The oaky yeah, side. or anything that you're just like, oh, didn't think there would be that, but there is, or anything. You know, the love for the nasty was kind of surprising, like the GMO, um, even, okay. pe- you know, mm-hmm. the cat piss and the uh, the dog shit. Like, <laughs> that's so, the names. Like, who the fuck comes well, up with these names? That's not an, I'm just saying dog shit. But, I know, but, but like, I literally How can't. that kind of became a thing and kind of still is, that, that was kind of surprising. I yeah. was like, okay, that nose profile that some people want yes. is like offensive, obnoxious, yeah. sort of like. It's loud. GMO, mm-hmm. I love anything with GMO. Yeah. I can sense it out like nobody's business. Yeah. That's like this year is actually how I've realized that. And that's through hash, like hash rosin. Yeah. Like GMO, I sniffed that out right away. And like, those are my favorite highs. Like the yeah, experience okay. is always just so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, love I like this. the nasty smells yeah. too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the smells, but I like, but what's funny about those strains, like GMO cookies, like those real nasty ones. Like yeah. I had this GMO cookies and it smelled like, Someone like my son, like smell my finger, like <laughs> that's like what like a little yeah. boy playing with his butt or something. That's I, what no, it, I know what you mean. Yeah, but when you yeah. grind it up and smoke it, it's it's none of that's there. Uh-huh. So the the uh, smoke profile is different from the the nose profile. Yeah, on those that's to me at least. Yeah, yeah. So okay, as an owner here in Oklahoma, what's a piece of solid advice that you feel like is really beneficial for patients to know? Well, one, when it like expect, like when I'm talking flower, like you want to know who grew your flower. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's always a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. And go to the dispensaries where that information is transparent. Go to the dispensaries where, where like they display, hey, we've got this grown by this company. We got this yeah. grown by that mm-hmm. company or this grower or this guy, you know, because not all of them are companies. In fact, that's like what makes Oklahoma cool is that. Unlike these other states, and like in Oklahoma, I don't think most people realize, in these other states, like you might have 10 licensed growers for the entire state. Mm-hmm. And they're these giant multi-state operators. Half the time, they just have a national brand. Mm-hmm. But then they go in, they contract with like one facility in that state. Because that state only gave out 10 licenses. And mm-hmm. half of them went to politicians' cousins or whoever. And then those guys now have this big facility 
with no brand or anything, and they're not going to grassroots grow it like mm-hmm. we are. What they do is they just go sign a contract with like a rapper or someone who has a name. Yes. And now they're putting out his product. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens in most states. And you'll also have local brands in those states. But so Oklahoma, though, what makes Oklahoma so cool and so unique is that Oklahoma is like, you know, 6,000 micro brews. Okay. Yeah. I got to remember like 10 years ago. My brother, uh, you know, like right, this is around college or after college or, but like 10, 15 years ago, I remember like when the microbrew scene was really picking up steam. Mm-hmm. Now, and like to put this into context, kind of where I see cannabis going, a company like Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. Pale Ale, are you familiar? Mm-hmm. They're like everywhere. They're in like every kind of nationally. Mm-hmm. They were like a local craft brew. Mm-hmm. And now they're, so like the dividing line of, like big companies aren't always like, uh, flavorless, tasteless. Sometimes they're just local small batch companies that get really big. Yeah. Sierra Nevada is like an example of that. Mm-hmm. But um, Oklahoma, so but like I, like what I was getting back to this little uh, story I'm telling is just like like ten, like 15 years ago when the kind of micro brew scene was really picking up and it was kind of building. Um, my brother, he's like really into mm-hmm. like the way that like I'm, I'm into cannabis. He's like into beer. Okay. Like, okay. 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 Let me give you an example because I, like, I guess I, this is like provides a perspective to where cannabis can go and will go. My brother is like a bougie beer drinker, and he is a member of like a club, like a subscription club, where they like get it, like whatever. For for brewer for, for, for beer for beer, <laughs> he gets like bottles of beer, uh-huh. and okay, you're not allowed to sell them, but you can trade them. So there's oh, like that's a, cool. There's it's a, like, like a club. It's like a society. There's a secondary market of like super high end. The way that people oh, collect wow. wine is yeah. now happening with beer. Oh, that's interesting. And like, you know, like, hey, I'll trade you these whatever, 2016 whatever for your. Okay. Damn, that's cool. Like right. trading cards yeah. and stuff. And yes. it's like those don't exist anymore or they're not around anymore. So it's like you're getting. Because it's a bunch of small batch brewers. Yes. Wow. That's cool. That's kind really of like cool. we have craft growers, yes. Craft right? Yes. Yeah. It's a bunch of small batch brewers. They brewed this many in 2018. That's a cool idea. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's like super, 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 super small batch craft. Mm-hmm. But like let's back it down to just regular micro brews compared to like Bud Light, Miller, mm. all that kind of stuff. A few, like I would say a few years ago, like 15 years ago when this stuff was really kind of taken off, I remember people like my brother being like, oh my God, Colorado has like 200 breweries. Colorado has like 200 breweries, man. They're like, wow. We okay. had everything first, we feel like. <laughs> well, check this out. <laughs> Oklahoma's got 8,000 micro grows. Yeah. That's so wild. if you put that into perspective, like right. back when this whole beer thing was taken off culturally, people were like a couple hundred breweries in your state was insane. Well, bro, we got thousands of grows. And so what makes, so going back to this topic, like what makes Oklahoma cool is the fact that we're not dominated by 10 national brands. Like they aren't even here hardly. They can't even get any attention. They can't even get anybody to look at them. Yeah. No, we are dominated by uh, thousands upon thousands of local tiny micro grows. So it's true and it's dope. Yeah. I love it. So what do I say to the patient? I say, well, find out who your grower is. Yeah. Go to a dispensary first off that actually displays who the grower is, mm-hmm. not a dispensary that tries to hide or conceal that information. Right. Yes. Cause you want, even as a, like a grower, you want the dispensaries you're working with to represent what you are growing. Yeah. 
with grace and like how you want it presented. And what do you want if you're a consumer of anything? Information mm-hmm. like, and transparency. Right. Transfer the yeah. first thing you do when you pick up the package of anything is start reading it. Yep. I Absolutely. mean, you want to know what's in it uh-huh. or what the ingredients are. or And you can't do that with cannabis because it's all served deli style. So, and I'm fine with that. I think if you want to serve it that way, you, you should have the freedom to. But, like, if you're a patient, the first thing, go to a dispensary where they actually display this information. And then go to the dispensaries where they actually know a thing or two about the grower. They can say, oh, yeah, this is from Smokey Okies. And they say they're really known for their apple tarts or whatever. They do a good job at this strain. I'm not so hot on that strain of theirs, whatever. But they know, like, oh, and these are by these these five strains come yeah. from this grower. And I really like what they do with this one. Yes. And and I would just get to – that would be my advice to – to the consumer of flour in Oklahoma is go to the places where this is a thing. Knowing who grow it and where it came from is a thing. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you can go research those people and see, like, you can dig into Smokey Okies or you can dig into that other find their Instagram, see if they got a website. Mm -hmm. Get to know them more. For sure. And And then I will say that if you cannot get this information... Or if you do find out who the grower is and there's not a lot of information about there, just to take that in consideration, like, okay, this is a company that there's just not any information out there. And the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of people will be surprised where their weed comes from. I mean, some of so there's a lot of flour on the market that is grown in, like, nasty chicken shit barns. And, like, so, you know, we all deserve transparency. Go with the companies that give it to you. Yeah. Go with the growers that give it to you and go with the retailers that don't mind sharing it. Because let me tell you, and this is me speaking to the consumer that doesn't really get to see these dynamics, there, there is a rift between dispensaries and growers. And, you know, we're growing weed for you to smoke. Mm-hmm. Okay? Go, go to places where they'll tell you where it comes from. Because some of these places don't want to tell you who the grower is because they're either getting it from the black market or they want to have leverage over their growers. And what I mean by that is they want to be able to be like, oh, you uh, hillbillies that just came in here, you need to give it to me at this price and blah, blah, and you're a nobody. No one knows who you even are. Mm-hmm. No one knows who you even are. And I see these things happen all the time. And I think it's bullshit. And so like, I, there's a lot of good real t- retailers out there, but I will say the retailers that don't want to disclose where their inventory is coming from, there's something wrong with that. I, I agree. Yes, I think I there's something wrong with that, that too. Yeah. I think a lot of people listening would, are nodding their heads right now like, yep, <laughs> he ain't wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's important, especially when it comes to flour and like you said, like how people are growing. It's it's important to know what how people are growing their your stuff that you're putting in your body, whether are they spraying during veg, what are they, you know, how are they what kind of soil do they use? Like, are they growing indoor? Are they growing outdoor? Right. You know, all the different things that you want to know that I feel like, again, as patients going into a dispensary, it can be very overwhelming sometimes. So you kind of get lost in translation, but you also get like overwhelmed, too overwhelmed to ask the questions because you don't know what to ask. Well, you don't want to feel stupid. That and, too. Yeah. And you don't want to feel stupid. Like, but you know, that's, we all, we all are. Until we figure out, until someone yes. tells us the answer to this or that. Absolutely. You know, and I will say to the to the growers out there, or if you're thinking about starting to grow, or if you have a grow and you're a small grow or whatever, I will say this. Hey, you got to have a brand name of some sort. You need to have a brand name, and you at least need to have some stickers, and you at least need to have a website. And that way, when it's you true, do yeah. take it to town and sell it, you know, even if you're, this is like a side gig that you do, and you're right. like, hey, man, I'm going to pull down a couple harvests a year. Mm-hmm. 
as a little side project. That's cool. You know, out of my garage. Love it, man. That's cool. More power to you. Right. I want to tell you, you got to at least have a name, a sticker. So that way when you do sell it three times a year, you can at least tell them, hey, it's grown by whatever your brand is. And that way they can tell the customer and the customer can go look you up. Yeah. And become a fan of or follow Just set yourself up for success. Yes. (laughs) Really. Because the dispensaries, they love, let me tell you something. And I'm not beating up on the dispensaries. I love all of our dispensary partners, but the, the shrewd dispensary owner, purchasing manager, the dispensaries, I mean, this is, they have an incentive. They love unbranded flour. One, they get to, they get to brand it as their own. Not even saying they grew it, but it just there's nobody else's sticker. That it's like house, house, a house strain. Yeah. They love it. And then the reason why they love unbranded flower, like when some guy just shows up with some weed, he's not, he doesn't have a brand or anything, a logo. They love that because it's like, it's a commodity. It, and then they can say, well, the market, right now, man, the market's saturated. This is the, this is the market price. It becomes pure commodity instead of a branded product, instead of this pack of Smoky Yogi's pre-rolls mm. or this pack of Well, this. then how do you know if someone is curious on where did you get that? Who's the grower? Like, we know what are the answers if you don't, if it's So like the that. good shops, they want that stuff. The good dispensaries are the ones who are like, oh, you've got a brand? Awesome. You've got, can, right. you've got yeah. stickers? Oh, yes. great. I'm going to put them all over the jar. I'm going to hand out. I'm going to let yeah. people know. I'm going to put your name on the whatever, on the wall, yeah. the menu. They love that. Like, if you shop Weed Maps, you can tell. Yeah. Some places they'll put so-and-so grown by this, or in parentheses, they'll put the grower. Like some places they love it, and those are the smart dispensaries because they realize their customers, what do they want? Same thing every customer of every product wants, information. Yes. yes. They want to yes. know, like, where I, my thing came I, from. I mean, honestly, it? it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I know a lot of things I think are common sense. Yeah. I have to remind myself not everyone thinks like me, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's like those things, I'm like, are, is that not, like, common sense on how you run a good business and if you have customers coming in, don't you want to please your customers like the best way you can? And yeah. wouldn't that be a good idea? Like question mark, question mark. Uh-huh. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Travis, you said you were a lawyer in your past life. Um, and I'm sure that's had a huge beneficial aspect for you being in this industry. But what's the transition been like from law to cannabis? Well, I still am a lawyer. Okay. I still have an active practice. Cool. And it's limited now. It's I don't focus on a, as a broad spectrum of things like I used to. But expungeokc.com if you want to find out more or cool. I mean, what we do is we expunge records that are eligible for expungement. So if you've got old drug charges, if you've got, whether it's misdemeanor or felony, and this is an area of law that Oklahoma has used to be terrible at, but now they've gotten, they've come around and like the expungement laws have gotten really good. I really? mean, yeah. And so that's the thing, like, man, you don't realize that in the nineties in Oklahoma, if you were shoplifting over 50 bucks, that was a felony. Wow. $50 was like wow. the, so you have a lot more people that have bullshit on the record following them around than should mm-hmm. and, that, and then deserve to. So that's something I'm, I'm, I love to do. And that's, that's something really neat. That is cool. But as far as, you know, it, it became a thing where I made a choice to definitely scale back my involvement in one to work on the other. And then I, I balanced them. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's well, cool. thanks for helping people get shit off their record. Doesn't need to be there. I know. It's <laughs> crazy that, that it wouldn't just like, because you would think that like once laws go into place and laws change, uh-huh. that like it would automatically just change their record. You know, you would think that that yeah. would be just like uh, yeah. how it would be. There's still plenty of people. But it's just up. crazy that it's not like that. Anyway. Well, the thing about law is that and it, it, it cuts both ways, double-edged sword. 
But the thing about the American legal system is just like if you want it done, you have to do it yourself. Yes. The the op- the bad part of that is if you want it done, you have to do it yourself. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. it, which means yep. it, it usually comes with an expense. That, yeah. that, that part kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The good part is is that you can actually also be in control if you, you know. Yeah. Do you feel like coming from law, it's kind of changed your perspective a little bit on what like simple things like regulations are like and this like what are your thoughts on the improvements and strides that Oklahoma needs to make in regards to regulations? Do you have an opinion on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so definitely my experience as a lawyer has has definitely pushed me to be more of a low regulation kind of guy because I see that all these are are just rules that regular people, not like higher powers, not people that are Socrates of his perfect republic. And yeah. It's just regular people that work for the state, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, have to enforce. And the less yeah. rules they have to enforce, I believe is the better for all of us. I think that the change comes from customers and it comes from regular people just speaking out. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the natural process. Right, really. so you complain about something, it becomes less pop, a less popular yeah. product. Yeah. That company either fixes that product or they stop selling it. Yeah. So I think a lot of things get worked out by just the people talking out loud, whether on Facebook or on mm-hmm. podcasts or whatever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. As I far as Oklahoma, that. I'm not like, I like Oklahoma's sort of laissez-faire approach. Mm-hmm. I think it's great because I think it allows anybody who wants in the game to get in the game without somebody saying, no, you need to have this much capital. It does. Yeah. yeah. And that's the reason we have the amount of licenses of yeah. people in the state that we do. Yeah. I just think though that, there does need to be enforcement of the rules. I don't think we need more rules. I just think that if you do have rules, you do have to enforce them because, you know. <laughs> and there's um, gray area that doesn't yeah. need to be gray. Well, like, like, we're a legit company, man. We're a grow, and we write people paychecks. Yeah. Like, if you work mm-hmm. for us, you get a paycheck with your taxes taken out. Yeah. If you work for us, guess what? We've got workman's comp insurance. Because of that, like, our our prices of our products are reflected in all of that. Okay. See, and, and I feel like things like that get lost in translation because people just do. think, oh, they grow flour. Oh, well, the market's cheaper. Oh, oh well, la, 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 X, Y, Z. But like, yeah. honestly, people don't realize that taking care of your employees also costs money. And exactly. to keep to keep a business right. going and to keep pro- flour pumping and all the little hands that are touching the buds and, you know, deflowering and everything. Like, everything costs money and it's a beautiful cycle, but... It has to be a certain price in order for everyone to get to be taken care of. Hundred percent. Yeah. There, there, that there becomes like a natural price out of that. And when people say that's too expensive, it's like, well, I don't know how you could do it any other way unless you're just cutting all these corners. Yeah, and then it's like right. also like you and don't want you to want break to everything do no. down. It's not like okay, well, you made to break down like all that, you know? Because then it's like you just look like the asshole. Right. <laughs> but I mean, the other question is like, okay, well, do you want me to cut the corners? Yeah, and then you're like the person's like, uh, actually no. no, like I I I, I want to make sure you're like it's like you taking have to ask, care of yeah. my, exactly. You have to ask those like dumb questions and then make them like stop and think, like pause. Well, and also you know we run our business in a sound way so that we can stay in business and mm-hmm. keep hiring people and keep this this thing that is not just good for us, but it's good for the people that work for us. So like, I know what it costs to produce it. There's the natural cost. What is, but I was in a dispensary. <laughs> I'll say this. I was once in a dispensary and the owner is like, you know, wanting to tell about all the good prices he's getting. He takes a vacuum sealed bag and takes a knife and cuts it open. I mean, this is like, I, I didn't even have to say it 
Because, and he was like, he named, like, oh, you know, I paid this much for mm-hmm. this. I'm just like, that's great. I don't know how much longer he's going to be in business. Took it and, nice and cut it. <laughs> yeah. And it looked, but it was like straight, like this was vacuum, this was sh- black market shipped to me in the mail. Yeah. I mean, it's basically okay. what yeah. it was. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm just like, that's great. And then, you know what? He still bought five pounds that day, full price, wow. which was like double what that. So there was this understanding mm-hmm. of like, yeah, we're not them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And then so like if Which you can nice. if you can get over those barriers, mm-hmm. it I feel like there's a very certain way to approach all types of people when it comes to purchasing dispensary For managers. Sure. Yeah. It's just how do you break down those barriers and how do you level with them? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what can be overwhelming in this industry is like leveling and being like, hey, my product is great because X, Y, and Z, but I don't need to like shove that in your face. I'm just going to have a conversation with you and tell you why my product is great. And then you're going to buy it at the price that I say because of that reason. Yes, the confidence behind it. (laughs) So Travis, you're a father and a husband. What's cannabis like in your household? Do you have any advice for parents when it comes to cannabis consumption or the feeling of guilt that some people may feel for consuming with children? Not with children, but you know, that have children. Yeah. You know, everyone's got their own, um, everyone's got their own values, their own lifestyle, mm-hmm. their own things going on. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's home is different. I, I believe that's um, totally individual. And so I don't, like we have, like every family does what works for them. Yes. And like when you have kids, you raise your kids in a way that works for you, mm-hmm. right? So like the bedtime you choose, the bedtime that works for your family, all that stuff, like the like whether you bathe them in the morning or whether you bathe them at night. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like the foods you eat, like what you consider to be a good diet or what or what is acceptable. I mean, that's all. That's not for one family to tell another family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, no, so that's that's great. That's, that's a real, great thing to say. That's how that's how I feel like that as a parent, and yeah. then like just my personal views on cannabis. So again, to me, cannabis is a luxury. Mm-hmm. So it's like like drinking coffee or something like that. I think there's to me there's also the therapeutic values that I like, but there, a lot of it is just me enjoying good cannabis. Mm-hmm. I like to enjoy good weed. It's also not a big deal to me. It's just, just weed. Yeah. So I don't make That's a big deal out of it. it. And so they yeah. don't think anything of it. Well, I have real little kids. Yeah. But as they get older, I don't intend to uh, glorify it or minimize it more or less than what it is. It's just, yes. it's going to be very normalized in your household <laughs> consuming cannabis. Is, yeah. And if your kids want to try it, they're going to come to their parents first before they go to any random stranger's house. <laughs> you know, it, well, it's also like what kind of, exa- like what you know, the parent sets the example. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to set the example of just consuming cannabis all day long, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, it being around is also not a big deal because if you're seeing everything else that I'm doing, whether it's working out, mm-hmm. taking care of your health, right. running a business, raising kids. It's productive there's, things. There's yeah. a time and a place yeah. for everything. And you're thriving. So it's it's yeah. not like it's set you back in life at all or anything like yeah. that. No, but I will say that I, um, you know, don't like just like there's days when I, I'm probably a better example than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and that goes into all areas, whether it's how I talk to my wife or if we raise our voice in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. Like on some days – I'm a better example than others. Yeah. Other days, it's yeah. just like, no, that probably wasn't a very good look for me. Yeah. But at least you're aware. You know that, yeah. And that, can, that can be with cannabis. Some days, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's probably not a good idea to to smoke weed all day on Sunday. Yeah. And, like, just use that as an escape. It's probably not a good look for me. And there's been mm-hmm. days like that where it's like, yeah, it probably 
wasn't a good look for me. And as the kids become older, mm-hmm. probably need to be more mindful of that. Yeah, yeah. you learn. Yeah, And it's you know, cool like that you're that. like that because I feel like that gives you, that's one, self-awareness. But two, I feel like that's healthy in your relationship with your kids and your significant yes. other because that's you being mindful of your actions and how that trickle down to other people. Whereas I feel like it's easy to be selfish. Even when you have a spouse and you're married with kids, sometimes, you know, you're, you just want to be selfish and smoking sometimes can be that selfish escape of, yeah. I just need yeah. a second to like get away from this. So it's cool that you're mindful of that. And the reason I want to, I actually want to talk about that is because I'm in the cannabis industry and cannabis is a part of my business and my lifestyle. I don't want to use that as an excuse mm-hmm. to like slack and yeah. other, so right. And so I do feel like in the cannabis industry, there's this thing where it's just like, oh, cannabis is this amazing thing that like, and then it becomes just an acceptable way to escape into it all day long. But it's like, well, I'm healing myself. I'm herbing or, you know, it's the power of the herb, mm-hmm. whatever. And again, this is all individual, but I know for me, I don't want to ever use something as a convenient excuse Yeah. to do something that yes. like, I know is like, nah, it's probably not a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know yourself as a person to know when when your yeah. what your boundaries are and when you need to set them, which is cool. That is good. So, Travis, we like to ask everyone this question: of What is a stigma that you would like to see change that revolves cannabis? You know, I don't know how much of a stigma there still is. I guess what there are, there is with certain groups. The way I do, the way I handle those things is kind of what we've been talking about. Like, act like it's normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's, yeah. if it's, yeah. I mean, and that's part, but that is part of breaking the stigma. The so called stigma is yeah. acting like it's normal mm-hmm. and going on with it. And I think just being honest, it doesn't yeah. need to be glorified beyond what it is, really is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to also be, um, you know, sensationalize the negative aspects, whatever they may be. Right. Yeah. You know, and it just needs to be, it's like, hey, this is just something else. If you want to use it, Great. If you don't, that's fine too. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can still support people who do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, Travis, I think this wraps up today's episode. Is there anything you'd like to add before we hop off? I just appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, I love doing stuff like this. I, uh, you know, creative stuff, even though this is not even my product, it's like, I just personally like doing this in my own business. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like writing blog articles Yeah, and I like, like, I feel like, um, just dealing with daily operations a lot of times can feel like you're just putting out fires all day right? or, yes. or responding to something. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to manage a bunch of projects, I'm trying to order yes. t-shirts and plan the party. A lot of it can be like, did, what did I get done today to move the ball forward? But at least if you publish content, you feel like, ah, oh, I, created something. Oh, yes, that is such you're a good pushing point. for it. I know. Uh, I, and, I, I and now it's like at least I, I created something, I built it, there's one unit right there. Yeah. Go on, put out fires, make four and then the exactly. next week if I do that again, yeah. then pretty soon it's like, hey, I got a library of really cool yeah. content. 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 Uh, yeah. We live the content life constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that. Constantly. <laughs> but I like I like the content life. Yeah. It's, I have I a do too. I do too. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, thank you for taking time. To be here once yeah, again. Thank you. Thanks, you. really Travis. appreciate you. Yeah. Um, and you can follow Smokey Okies on Instagram and check everything that they have gone. And expunge, expunge OKC.com. And I'll say, uh, I would love to have, if you're listening to this, go to smokeyokies.com. That's smokey, S M O K E Y dash O K I E S dot com. But sign up for our newsletter. We only send it out once a month, but you can. 
hear from us, you can see the latest strain review video. We put those in the newsletter. That's fun. We drop uh, just info about what's going on, what strains we're doing. We're at a point now where we're going to try and introduce, you know, 10 to 15 new strains a year, at least three okay. to four a quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you, you want to get a sneak peek of, hey, what's going on, and um, sign, go to our website, sign up for our newsletter. That is my one request. Their website's pretty dope, honestly. Yes. I've looked at it a couple Thank times you. for inspo. So go Thank sign you. up for that newsletter. And thanks to everyone who is tuning in to another episode. And as always, Sam, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.